Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I want you to grab your Bibles if you would. I'd like you to go to Isaiah 40 if you would. And I'm going to make my way there. Thank you so much, Cody. Worship team, all of you. Thank you so much. We are so blessed. Each day for the next seven days, I encourage you to go to our website, go to our blog page. You're going to be finding daily devotionals there that I believe they're going to be an encouragement to you. They'll help focus you um, in, in the time of fasting that we have set apart unto the Lord. What we're doing is we're preparing the way of the Lord in our own lives through our fasting. That's what it does. It prepares the way of the Lord in our own lives. So I want you to take some notes tonight. You may need to write that down. Fasting prepares the way of the Lord in my own life. Take hold of that tonight. 2022 is going to require consecrated lives. And it's going to require radical obedience and radical sacrifice. Amen. It's not either or, it's both and. I love this time when we come together and we set it apart unto the Lord. We begin to open up our hearts to a more deeper place in God. We open up our, our, our hearts to greater intimacy, greater friendship, a more powerful relationship with Jesus. Now, before we jump into Isaiah 40, and are you there? I want to declare some things tonight that I've been, I've been just writing today as I've been preparing Guys, I believe that the awakening is truly here. I believe it. I believe the awakening that we have been pressing into and the Lord has been preparing us for, I believe that the awakening is here. We're stepping into it. We're there. But also that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. We know that. So that the genuine can remain. The genuine must remain. We have a kingdom that is unshakable. Come on, say it. We have a kingdom that is unshakable. Say it. I am part of the kingdom that is unshakable, immovable, incorruptible, unstoppable. Come on. Come on. We're moving into the greatest outpouring on planet Earth. The greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God before the return of our King. I want to make a declaration tonight. Many of you were with us in prayer Tuesday night. And we made this declaration. This year, we're going to plunder the works of the enemy this year here at Victory. We're going to take our assignment. We're going to take our territory. We're going to rise and take our authority as watchmen and as gatekeepers of this community, of the city and region. We're going to rise. Remember the words of Isaiah. He said, arise and for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And though darkness cover the earth, deep or gross darkness, the people, the Lord's glory shall arise on you and the Lord's glory shall be seen upon you. That word arise, shine, literally that word means burn. The other morning, I was, up, I was up very early in the morning. I was with the Lord. Our house is just all tore apart. Mary's wonderful husband, Henry, is painting our home. He's about to put in new floors in our house. And 
I was walking through just, it was radical, just the way the house felt, just spending time with the Lord. And as I, as those words were stirring in my spirit, arise and burn, arise and shine for your light has come. I kept hearing you're going to burn through the night. You're going to arise and burn through this darkness. You're going to arise and pierce through this darkness. You're going to arise and burn through the night. You're going to arise and cut through the night. That's what the Lord kept telling me. And I'm declaring it over you tonight. We're going to cut through this darkness. The Lord isn't just inviting us to carry a torch. The, the Lord is inviting us to become a living torch. He's inviting us to become a living torch. And the way that that happens is through these times of being consecrated and set apart unto the Lord of prayer and fasting and giving ourselves fully, fully unto the Lord. As I was thinking about this arise and shine, arise and burn, I was thinking about John Wesley. John Wesley, he lived from 1703 to 1791. He was a powerful pioneer, pioneer revivalist. When they came to John Wesley, they asked him about the swelling crowds. And they were out in fields. And let me give you a little bit of backstory. The reason that John Wesley was speaking in fields is because he was denounced and voted out by over 90% of his congregation from his own church. And he was being banned from all the churches in England because he was calling the church to a radical burning place in God. So John Wesley voted out by over 90% of his own church Banned from churches. I think we're going to see more and more of that. I have the feeling that Jesus would be banned in a lot of American churches in this hour. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. So. <laughs> but they asked him and they said, Brother Wesley, they said, what do you have to say about these swelling crowds, about the masses of people that are coming? And his answer was powerful. He said, I set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. I believe that's a word to this entire church. That we are called to burn through the midnight hour. We are called to burn. We are called to be set ablaze in the midst of this thick gross, perverse darkness that we are seeing pervading all over the United States. This is our hour to catch full flame. Come on, church. Are you with me tonight? So it's no surprise. Um, how many of you know that the, the White House is going to keep telling lies? Can I see your hand, church? There you are. The, uh, the, the CDC is going to continue to tell lies. We'll get to the good news in a little bit. <laughs> the, uh, the, the WHO, they're going to continue to tell lies. It's true, guys. There, there are literally weapons of mass deception that are being released on our nation right now. Are you hearing me? And I've said before here at Victory, we know this. They're selling a strong delusion, but I'm not buying 
Even though they're, they're selling a strong delusion, you don't have to buy it, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to be alert. You've got to be alert right now in this hour. You can go on living your life very confidently in 2022 by coming out from the noise of their lies and not coming under the influence of their lies. Of their lives. You can live your life very, very confidently resting in the Lord that He has you in His grip. <laughs> Come on, church. The Lord is going to keep you free from every snare and every lie of the enemy. You can go ahead and shout amen to that. The Lord is going to keep you free from every lie, from every snare, from every kind of trap that they try to lay for us. God is going to keep us protected and preserved from every foul snare and lie that they try to place before us. In this fast, the Lord is going to strengthen your heart. In this fast, the Lord's going to strengthen your mind. He's going to gird up your mind. The Lord's going to protect your heart and mind. In this fast, you're going to feel supernatural strength. It will not be your strength. My, my name, Brian, means strength. But I'll tell you what I know. My strength is about that big. But the strength of the Lord is oceans. Are you hearing me? We don't lean on our own strength. We lean into the strength and the ability and the power and the wisdom of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. We're going to be supernaturally energized in this fast. I'll tell you, I'm excited. When my wife turns to me and she says, Brian, I am so excited about this fast. I'll tell you, I have an amazing wife. I just do. I have an amazing wife. But when she turns to me and says, Brian, I am so excited about this fast. I'm like, ha ha, here we go. Ha ha, here we go. Come on. You know, right now there's an event going on in Plant City, Florida. It's called the Renewal. How many of you knew about that? There's voices from all over the country that have come. People have come together to intercede, to pray tonight. There is a voice that is rising up out of the church that's going to bring exposure to the works of darkness. Now, this is biblical. This is Ephesians 5, and I believe it's verse 11, where it tells us to have absolutely nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's one of the calls upon this house, ladies and gentlemen, that we're going to say, guys, here's where the truth is. Let's align with it. This is a lie. Let's dismiss it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're called to expose it. Something I wrote down in my journal the other morning, and I, I just, I just, I want to release this to the church tonight. There is a demonic cadence and a rhythm, like a drum cadence, a drum demonic rhythm of war that the media and the propaganda is demanding that America march to the sound of their drum now. But we must divorce this sound. 
We must divorce this frequency and only march to the sound and the cadence of the voice of God, which is the voice of faith, so that we enter into now the cadence of heaven and the moving of the marching of angel armies that are coming to move with us in the earth realm. There is a sound, guys. There is a cadence. There is a movement. There is a progression. There is a movement that is happening in the heavenly realm that God wants us to catch hold of even now. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Brian, I'm in Isaiah 40. I know. I'm going to make my way there. I promise I'll get there. We know this so well. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And of love and a sound mind. Let's declare it tonight over our lives. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. One more time, victory. Shout amen over that. Hallelujah. We have clarity. We have clarity. Mario Murillo wrote these words. I couldn't get away from them. So I just thought, I'm going to interject this into my message. I, I think I threw it up on my Facebook a couple days ago. This is very short. But I just, I was so, I just, if you know me, anytime I'm on social media, if I love something, I bullseye it. I just, I just pin it so people go, oh, Brian tagged that. Let me take a look at it. Mario Murillo. How, how many of you thank God for Mario? Come on. What a gift. This is our assignment. This is, what, this is what Mario wrote. He says, we have a new job. Grab hold of that. I have a new job. Here it is. And that is to expose fear. I have a new job, and that is to expose fear. We must begin by loving freedom more than we love, or excuse me, the, uh, more than we fear the virus. Let me read that again. We must begin loving freedom more than we fear the virus. We must be willing to swallow the harsh reality that our freedom has been derailed by conniving politicians and the media. After the loss of fear and the facing of reality, we will work together now to expose the fraud election of 2020. After we have conquered our denial that says this can't be happening, we must muster the fire of God necessary to undo the corruption and the perversion and win back our liberty. Our job, our job, I got a new job. Come on, say it, I got a new job. <laughs> Woo! Our job is to tell America Christ delivers us from the fear that the enemy would use to enslave us and that the same Jesus that conquered death must rise up in us and conquer evil. Glory to God. That sounds like Romans 12, 20, 21. Romans 12, 21. It says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. 
I'm in Isaiah chapter 40 now. You're like, are you really there, Brian? I am. I finally made it. I meandered my way. This is powerful. This is a prophetic word concerning John the Baptist. You're going to see why we're going here in just a few minutes. He's the greatest of the Old Covenant prophets. John is the greatest of the Old Covenant prophets. He is now appearing on the scene before Jesus' ministry. He's the one, John is the one who turned and saw Jesus along the Jordan River. And he turned and said, look. He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Oh, I love this. He saw Jesus coming down into the Jordan. And the Spirit of God resting on Jesus. And he heard the Father's voice. Oh. He heard the Father's voice from heaven over Jesus in the Jordan River. Verse 3, if you're there. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked place shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now this is powerful. Make sure you're catching this. What we're receiving here is a prophetic picture of what it looks like when the kingdom comes. I'm going to say that again. Isaiah is a very poetic prophet. The way that he paints on the canvas is beautiful words, beautiful imagery and pictures. But listen what he says. He says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the place, a desert, in the desert, a highway for our God. And every valley shall be exalted. What is he saying there? What is the valley? The valley is the lowly places. The lowly places of humility and brokenness. When the king comes, what happens is the places of humility and brokenness are then elevated by the king. Are you seeing this? Then he goes on. And every mountain and hill will be brought low. Let me give you language for that. Every high place of pride. Every high place of arrogance, every high place of loftiness, when the king comes, is brought low. Are you hearing that? When the king arrives, he brings his kingdom with him. And the places of humility, the places of earnestness and brokenness and yieldedness, God says, oh, I love that. That is so beautiful to me, so charming to me, so attractive to me that I take a hold of it and I elevate it. But also when the king comes, any place of loftiness or arrogance or pride, God says, I bring it low. That's what we need in America. This is a picture of what we need desperately right now for the king and his kingdom to come. Beautiful words. Now I want you to jump to Matthew chapter 3. Are you still with me tonight? Matthew chapter 3. And I'm beginning in verse 3. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. 
Now, John himself, he was clothed in camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Wow. Stay away from that on your fast. (laughs) Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan. Notice these next three words, confessing their sins. That's powerful. That, that means that John had a real ministry. That, that, that doesn't mean that John had this nice, inclusive ministry of pandering. Hello. When people came out to John's ministry, they, come, they came underneath the atmosphere of the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And they began to confess their sins. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is what awakening and revival looks like. That is a picture of awakening. They realized they were cut to the core. They began to assess their lives. They began to confess their sins. But when he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, he's got such a ministry of hospitality. (laughs) John, we we don't want you to be a greeter or an usher in the church. Sorry. Who warned you from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. You see, this is no sissy gospel that he's laying down here. John didn't water anything down to be appealing to anyone. Hello? He didn't water it down to be appealing. He wasn't trying to be inclusive. For did you... For did you think to say to yourselves, uh, we have Abraham as our father. And I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. That's so powerful. Because we are living stones. (laughs) What What is he getting at? John is saying, don't trust in your religion. He's saying, don't trust in your tradition. Don't trust in your heritage and your pedigree to get you there. Don't trust in your family tree. You need to get right with God. You need to get real with God. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. That's, that's from the prophet Nacho Libre. We'll talk about that later. To the nitty-gritty. To the nitty-gritty. Okay, so anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Verse 10, and now an axe is laid to the roots of the trees. Wow. I mean, he, he just goes for it. And now even now, there's an axe that's laid to the roots of the trees, and therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit, it's cut down and it's thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor. What does that mean? What is the threshing floor? It means when the Lord comes, he's going to separate the wheat from the chaffs. He's going to separate the wheat from the terrors. Are you with me? He's going to gather the wheat into the barn. And he will burn up the chaff 
with unquenchable fire. Wow. It's strong. It's strong. There is an ultimate judgment of righteousness coming, ladies and gentlemen. And that is coming. That drumbeat of heaven. And may it encourage you. May it energize you. That drumbeat of heaven is bringing righteousness and justice. That drumbeat of heaven is going to unleash righteous retribution from heaven. God has not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that also will he reap. You cannot mock the throne of God. Hallelujah. Psalm 1-4. Throw it in your notes. 1 and 4. The ungodly are like the chaff which the wind drives away. I'm back to verse 13 now. And then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you are coming to me? I don't understand this. I need to be baptized by you. I've been prophesying all along that you would be the one that would come and baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. You understand the, the, the conversation going on here. John is looking, you know, John, here he is, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, but he's only got one prophecy. The one that comes after me is greater than I, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So I want you to think about the conversation. Jesus is going down into the waters, and John is saying, no, 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 no. I, I, I need to be baptized by you with this greater coming baptism of fire, but you're coming to me? Jesus answered, verse 15, are you there? Permit it to be so, and thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. The heavens were opened. You've got to study that in the original text. It means the heavens were literally ripped open. It was like when Jesus cried out, it is finished, and the veil was rent. It was torn in two from top to bottom. When Jesus came up out of the waters, the heavens were ripped open, and the Spirit of God descended upon him and the voice of the Lord over him. This is powerful. He said, I saw the Spirit of God descend on him like a dove and a lighting, a light came upon Jesus. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I got to pause right there. You never see in scripture Jesus receiving a bar mitzvah by Joseph and Mary and his family. You never see it. There's zero record of Jesus' bar mitzvah. But what happens when Jesus rises up out of the waters, the veil of the, of the sky is ripped open and the heavens are open and the Spirit of God descends. And Jesus' literal bar mitzvah of his father decrees his decree. This is my son and whom I am well pleased. Every Jewish boy understands during their bar mitzvah, at the age of 12, 13, 14, when they become a man, they set the young man before the family, and the father proclaims a blessing over the son or the daughter by saying, this is my, my chosen one, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is receiving his identity, his inheritance, Sonship, I love you, you are chosen, 
your mind. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. I bet he was. Some of you are like, oh, Brian, just keep it to seven. Don't go 40. I'm teasing. This is a very, very special week that we're entering into, and we're not entering into it lightly. We're not entering into it lightly. This is a time to be set apart unto the Lord, to be holy unto the Lord, to have a fresh revelation of us being chosen as sons, chosen as daughters. As you put down the fork this week, and you put up your hands, and you put up the word before you, and you worship, you set yourself apart, you're going to be hit, begin to hear the voice of the Lord very, very clearly. This is going to be a, a week of confirmations. This is going to be a week of miracles. This is going to be a week of hearing the voice, the voice of the Lord. This is a week of building the altar. Last week we talked a little bit about what Paul said in Romans chapter 12 about being a living sacrifice unto God. And then he goes on, he says, this is our reasonable service unto God. This is just reasonable. This isn't lofty. This isn't, you know, this isn't, no, this is reasonable. Are you hearing me tonight? It's preparing the way of the Lord. When you fast, you are preparing your own spirit to receive the way of the Lord. You're welcoming in the King of glory to come in. When he comes in, we all understand. We're all honest. The high places in our lives, they have to be brought low. But when the king marches in, the places of humility and brokenness and surrender, God says, I'm so attracted to that, and I'm lifting you up. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to reward you. There's something that we have to know about our father. His nature is, I want to reward my sons and daughters. He loves it. Loves to reward. Oh, my. This is so good. So good. I want you to go to Isaiah 3 for just a moment. <clears throat> Isaiah 3. Only our heavenly Father knows what we will face in the coming days. Only our heaven, heavenly Father knows what we're going to face in the coming weeks and in the coming months. Only our heavenly Father knows. I believe that we are... As we are setting the standard, as we're raising the bar, so to speak, in this unto the Lord consecration, this is going to establish us and keep us settled this year as an anchor that will hold. As an anchor. We're doing this different this year. We're doing a week this month, and then we're going into April, and we're having a week that month, then we're going into to the fall months. We're doing a, a week of fasting that, and then into the winter. I believe it's going to hold us in a place that's going to anchor us as the winds blow. The Lord knows what's coming, but I'll tell you, I am decreeing tonight, this fast is going to be a fast of triumph and victory for us. Hallelujah. It's going to be a time of great awakening for us. Listen to this promise. Isaiah 3, say to the righteous, verse 10, 
Verse 10. Say to the righteous that it will be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe to the wicked. It shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. Whoa, that is strong. Say to the righteous, it will be well with you. I'm declaring that over you tonight. In 1 Samuel, there's this story, and I can't belabor the point tonight, but there's this incredible story of David where he comes to the city of Ziklag at this epic battle. Many of you know the story. When David's mighty men and him are out, the enemy comes in and plunders all of their wives and all of their children. And it's the morning is so bad that David's mighty men literally want to kill him. That's pretty bad. That's a bad day. And it says that David went and he ministered unto the Lord. I love this. He learned the secret of how to minister to the Lord. And then it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. You can find this passage in in 1 Samuel chapter 30 in verse 8. His men wanted to kill him. David goes away and he worships. He separates himself. you got to see it. He separates himself unto the Lord. He calls himself apart. you got to see it. It's a, it's a place of an altar. It's a place of a consecration. He makes his life an altar. He makes his life a place of consecration. He ministers unto the Lord. He strengthens himself in the Lord. And when he does, he's given a promise. And here's the promise. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. It says, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and recover all. Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them and recover all. Guys, I believe in my spirit this is a year of grand recovery. This is a year when faith will come alive. It will rise. It will burn. And we will advance and move forward. We're not going to retreat this year. We're going to advance. We're not retreating. But it came from a place of an altar. It came from a place of learning how to minister unto the Lord. A place of consecration. Now he strengthens himself in the Lord. It's amazing. It's an amazing paradox. That fasting can literally strengthen you in the Lord. That when my flesh is so weak. When my flesh is being burned up. When the pounds are dropping off. And I'm craving everything. And I'm having visions and dreams of pizza with extra cheese. (laughs) The Lord, the Lord is filling me with supernatural endowment from on high. The Lord is strengthening you. When your spirit is crying out, God, I feel so weak. He's like, I know, and I love it. I feel so weak, I know. And I'm attracted to it. I feel so weak. I know. And I'm right here with you, holding you in my grip. I have you. Lean into my strength. My strength is perfect. Glory to God. I want to speak over you this year. You're going to overtake. And you're going to recover all. 
You're going to move in faith this year. We're going to move in faith. Amen. Fasting is preparation. Just write it down. It's simple. It's simple. Fasting is preparation. What does that mean? It means I'm getting ready. If I'm preparing, it means I'm getting ready. If I'm preparing, I'm getting ready. What does it mean? It means I'm getting ready spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. I'm getting my resources needed for this critical hour. I'm in preparation. Fasting is getting prepared. It's getting yourself ready for God to give you strategy for your lives, for your families, for your finances. For God to speak to you about tender things, necessary things for your life. The decisions at hand before your family. As you fast, God's going to speak to you. Be confident of it. Be confident. Don't get into worry. Don't get into worry. Don't get into day three and all of a sudden just go off the deep end of worry. No, no, no. God's got you. Come on, church. Are you still with me? Fasting is God's method for transformation. You might want to write it down. Fasting is God's method for transformation. And the transformation is what happens within us. You guys have heard me say so many times, Christianity is not a a behavioral modification class. Christianity is not a sin management program. Can I get an amen? amen? Christianity is not a sin management program. Christianity is the transformation of a man or a woman from the inside out. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is transforming you into the very same image of Jesus. It's a process of sanctification. It is a process of burning out the old where all things are becoming new. For when we come into Christ, we become a new creation. And the old things start passing away and all things really become new. It's the process that we're in. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Fasting is like burning fire to the flesh. (laughs) It's a killer of the flesh. Fasting will kill fleshly desires. Fasting will kill fleshly cravings. Fasting will kill fleshly promotions. I remember when we were young, in ministry. Now that's starting 27 years ago. I still feel young and I'm still declaring I'm getting younger. But I remember when we were traveling as the Lord took us out of Dublin, Ohio, out of Radiant Church, and we began to travel. I remember the Lord began to develop within me through the church that we were in, the lifestyle of fasting. And what it began to break and dislodge in my life so that I wouldn't be a young man who was lusting for platforms, lusting for stages. You know, Shane, you're, you're a mighty voice of God. You're a prophetic voice of God. You have a mighty anointing on your life. But God wants to protect and preserve that anointing that you only burn for him. And if, you, if, you, if you're a man and all of you, if you're a man or a woman of God that will only burn for the Lord, the Lord can lift you up and orchestrate to put you on any platform that he wishes as long as you don't lust to have that platform. It's so good. Whether it be worship, whether it be worship teams or, or ministers or whatever. It's that we become men and women obsessed by pleasing the Lord only. Amen. 
that we burn for Him alone so that God can then take us and raise us up to the platform and the place in due time. And that platform may not be a stage on in a sanctuary. It's a platform of His choosing where He wants to put His sons and daughters on display. I want you to go to Matthew 6 tonight. And this is where we're going to spend the remainder of our time. Jesus gives us a three-chord strand in Matthew chapter 6. And I want you to grab a hold of it. Brian, what do you mean? What do you mean the Lord gives us a three-chord strand? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 4, put it in your notes in verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 in verse 12. It says, though one may be overpowered by another... Two can withstand him. That makes sense, right? And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Let's watch, watch it again. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand them. And a three-cord strand is not quickly broken. I want you to write this down tonight. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Write it down. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Now notice I didn't say if you pray, if you fast, if you give. Did you all notice that? Matthew chapter 6, and I'm beginning in verse 1. These are the words of Jesus. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men. I mean, Jesus just cuts right to the heart, doesn't he? Be careful you don't do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you're, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. And therefore, when you do charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Don't you miss that? For assuredly, I say to you, uh, they have their reward. Are you getting it? You don't want to live for the glory of man. What am I living for? Am I living for the glory of men or am I living for the glory of God? Am I living to please man or am I living to truly please God? So Jesus gets right to it. He says, when you do your charitable giving, when you give, when you invest, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't sound the trumpet. But when you do a charitable deed, verse 3, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And your charitable deed, that it may be done in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Don't miss verse 4. I love this because Jesus wanted to teach us about the nature of our father. A lot of people get duped. By the outward things. Samuel. How many of you remember when Samuel went down to David's house looking for the new king of Israel to anoint him? Remember, he brought the ram horn of oil. He was looking for the next king. When he walked in and when he saw all of David's brothers, he saw Eliab, the oldest of David's brothers. And he was like a foot taller. He was handsome. He was good looking. He's like, oh my gosh, surely, surely this is the Lord's anointing. Surely this is the next king of Israel. And the Lord spoke to him immediately said, no, I've resisted him. He's not the one. He said, there's a problem here, Samuel. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, 
but I look at the heart. Even a prophet needed to hear that from God. The prophet needed the, the inner word. No, I'm not looking. Mary, I remember Mary led us last week where we, we went right into that spontaneous song where I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Lord, it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I've made it because it's all about you. The song goes on. You're looking into my heart. It's the scriptures. The Lord's not looking at the outward appearance of things. He's going to the heart of things. He says, when you give, he says, go into that secret place. My father is watching you in secret. Guys, in this fast this week, father is watching us. That is awesome. That we have the eyes of the Lord upon us. He is watching us in this fast. He is listening. He's attracted to us in this time set apart. When you pray. doesn't say if you pray. Verse 5. When you pray. You'll not be like the hypocrites. For they, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. That they will be seen by men. There it is again. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their, their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who sees in, in the, who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There it is again. When you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. They think they'll be heard by their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Oh, my. Again, the nature of God is this. Don't just miss that He sees us in secret. Don't miss this. The Lord wants to reward His sons and daughters. You know, a religious spirit has so stolen so much from the church when it comes to the nature of our good Father. He wants to reward you. That was an overwhelming amen tonight. He wants to reward you. I love you, church. Verse 9, and so in this manner, I want you to pray. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us or our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he goes a little bit deeper, doesn't he? For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow, does this need to be preached in 2022? Oh, it does. It does. You know, you may be in the secret place. You may hear the Lord thunder something to you. You may hear the Lord speak, speak something to you and just whisper it into your spirit. The Lord may encourage you this week and say, I want you to prophesy to that place again in your life. Prophesy again to that place in your family. He may say to you, he may surprise you, I want you to forgive that person. By the raising of hands, how many of you, no, I'm just kidding. Of course, of course. 
forgive that person. You may have the Lord say to you this week, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Unlock yourself from that whatever happened, whatever fell apart, whatever failure that was. You may have the Lord say, I want you to believe me afresh in this thing. Ooh, that's good. The Lord may say to you, I want you to believe me now afresh for this thing. The Lord may say to you, I want you to let go of that. Sometimes, sometimes we pick up so much baggage from life, we don't even realize it. We pick up so much. <laughs> How does Indiana Jones say it, Josiah? It's not the years, it's the mileage. Isn't that right? It's the mileage. Through the mileage of life, we pick up things. You may hear the Lord saying, I want you to let go of that. You don't need to carry that any longer. Or the Lord may speak to you this week and say, I want you to place your faith here now. Right? I want you to place your money here. I want you to invest your money right here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is good. So he says, he gets down to the heart of it. I want you to forgive. If, if we come to the Father and we're holding any level of unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment, we've got to cut ourselves free from that. We've got to renounce it. Say, Father, I, I've, I've carried this for too long. You know, all of us have been wounded in the church. We've been hurt. We've been let down. We've been offended. Can I encourage you? Just turn it over to the Lord. Renounce any allegiance to it. Sever it from your life and walk on free. Come on. Verse 16. Verse 16. When you fast. Not if you fast. When you fast. Do not be like the hypocrite. What am I doing? I'm talking about the three-chord strand. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Say it tonight. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Say it again. When you pray, when it's like it got a little rap going on here. Chaka ha. When you, when you give. Okay, sorry. Okay. Sorry, Cody. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, Brian, you're not joining the worship team. <laughs> it's a three-chord strand. It's a three-chord strand. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with the sad countenance. They love to disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And there it is again. Jesus keeps showing us something. Don't get caught in the rat race and the trap by trying to be seen before men. Live your life before your Father who delights in you and sees you in the secret place. Guys, this is beyond a week of prayer and fasting. This is a daily lifestyle. Are you with me tonight? Come on. Well, thanks. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's my first night. I'm trying. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. That's good. Sounds like my mom. Anoint your head, wash your face, Brian. So that you don't appear to men to be fasting. But here it is again. But your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. 
Oh, oh. Guys, one of my favorite things, and my wife, my wife's serving the kids tonight, but I'm going to tell you something about Brian and Bren for just a moment. One of our favorite things in life is seeing our friends get blessed. I'm telling you, it excites me. When God rewards someone openly, openly, I just stand back and go. Because you just never know what was the backlog and the backstory of all that they were walking through hand in hand with the Lord, saying, Father, I trust you. You have me in your grip. Father, I surrender to you. I yield to you. I, I, I release myself from that. I, I release forgiveness. I release bitterness. Lord, I want to keep myself pure before you, God. Are you hearing me tonight? Oh, when the Father sees us in secret, he's like, ha, I want to openly reward my daughter, my son. Oh, I love it. I love it. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, that's so powerful. Let's read it together. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One more time. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, you could say it really the other way. For where your heart is, there will also be your treasure. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 13 that you are my treasure. You are my pearl. And if you are my treasure, then you have my heart. You have my heart. Guys, Joe Biden and his minions and all of this filth ain't setting the tone for our 2022. Our father's writing our story. Our father is writing our story. Our father's writing our story. I got to go to a couple more verses. Can I have five more minutes? Well, praise the Lord. Somebody's got faith for 10. We'll go with 10. Hallelujah. It just sounded better. I'm sorry. Go to verse 31, if you will. Therefore, and I'm rounding it up. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We know that's right standing. Seek your father and be in right standing with your God. Be confident. Be confident in your right standing with God. When it gets difficult in 2022 and the winds and the waves start blowing, you need to be anchored and confident in your God. Stand firm in your God, anchored. God has me in his grip. God has me in his grip. I stand in his righteousness. I'm in right standing with God. There's nothing greater than being in right standing with God. And all these things will be added to you. So verse 34, therefore, words of Jesus here, not Brian, words of Jesus. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day, is its own trouble. Do not worry. I said the other, the other week, um, how many of you have ever been so worried that you tried to make God worried about it? No hands went up but mine. I'll put up my feet too. Have you ever been so worried about something that you tried to pray and make God worried about it? <laughs> and I said the other week, perhaps we need to fast worry. And I'm just going to receive it for myself. I'm going to grab hold of it for myself. Because I'm telling you, guys, as much faith and power as I love to run in, I'm going to tell you, Brian really battles with worrying. I'm just being transparent. I, I get into worry. And then the Lord grabs a hold of my heart and says, Son, I've commanded you. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Sorry. It's just, I'm on a frequency tonight. I don't know what it is. <laughs> How many remember that song? Here's a little song I wrote. Do it, do it, note for note. Don't worry. I'll be happy. How many of you know that? How many of you know that today is Elvis Presley's would have been 87th birthday? Here's a little song I wrote. I want to know it, note for note. I don't worry. I'll be happy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I don't know how I'm going to get this message back together, but God's going to help me. God's going to help me. Don't worry. <laughs> Whatever they try to forecast in 2022. I want to be anchored that I'm not worried. Whatever they try to put against the church this year, when they try to lock the churches down very strong, it's coming, that I'm not going to worry. I'm going to be happy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Thank you very much. I need some shawls to like, start putting on people. You know? When you pray, <laughs> when you fast, Jesus help me when you give. I want to go back to the front of this train. I want you to start this fast with joy and expectation of the goodness of God. Expectation of the goodness of God. We know that to be hope. Hope that is anchored. I want to encourage you during this week to fill it with worship. Get low before God. Get low before God and worship. Worship. Open up the word. I was going to go to Isaiah 58 tonight, but I, I, I don't feel I feel like the Lord's saying, no, don't go there tonight. But I, I want you to open up the word and go deep this week. 
one of the things I do in studying the scriptures is I, I call it going deep sea diving. And it's where you get trapped in a, in a chapter and the Holy Spirit doesn't release you from it. How many of you, that's happened to you? And it's beautiful. And it's like the next day you open it up and you read it again and all these other things are just pounding out of the word and you're going, oh my gosh, it's just jumping into my spirit. It feels like it's all brand new again. You've had that. Of course you've had that many, many times. What I'm praying this week is as you step into the fast with hope, with expectation of the goodness of God, that as you fast and as you worship, when you break open the word, that revelation will just begin to pour over you. It'd be so simple. It'd be so simple. It can be the simplest revelation of just saying, son, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. I'm proud of you. I have you. I'm with you. He's so good, isn't he? I believe that the Lord wants to fill our mouths with laughter this year. I love Cody, how Cody was just pausing and just declaring joy in the house. And you don't get nervous when, you, you know, I mean, he was saying joy, but just because people weren't, you know, running the room or, you know, laughing hysterically. No, it's it, that that bubbling up comes from the spirit of God within but when he was proclaiming that, I was receiving it, Lord. I, and I was declaring it, Lord, I mark this entire year for joy. I mark this entire year for your goodness, for your joy. That the enemy will not steal. Hallelujah. That the enemy will not be able to steal from us our joy. And our spiritual equilibrium. That we can be up at night not worrying, but up at, late at night worshiping. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to worship. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to worship. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to worry. I'm going to worship. And lifting your hands in your home and lifting your hands on the walks under the stars and getting up early to be with the Lord. Somebody answer your phone. It sounds so beautiful, but answer your phone. My God. Ah. Thank you for listening to WSRQ. This is where I'm going to land tonight. And it ain't with Elvis. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. And it's not with Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Praise our God. I want you to write this down. This is where I want to close tonight. Jesus is the master of the long game. So don't ever count him out. <sighs> he is the master of the long game. Sometimes we get so frazzled in the journey. We can get spun out so quickly. We can get spun out so emotionally in a vortex so quickly. Man, you do anything wrong in traffic these days. Oh, people are tight. People have been, people have been communicating with me recently with one finger. It's weird. It's weird. 
And I'm like, I don't know that. You're number one. Thank you, Shane. Spirit of interpretation there. You're number one. I like it. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the master of the long game. So don't count him out. Oftentimes, we perceive God's silence of, God, where did you go? What's going on here? He's the master of the long game. He is letting the fullness of all of this in our nation boil over. He is letting them pull down their pants and show everybody what they are. I got Bible for that, too. I've got Bible for that. It's not crack kills, but it's close. <laughs> God is letting all of these devils manifest and show who they really are. You know, you know, you know why? Because the harvest is growing to full maturity. The harvest is growing to full maturity. And what is the harvest? The harvest is the fullness of every seed that's ever been planted, whether it be evil or whether it be good, coming to full stock and ready now to be cut down, whether it's wheat or whether it's tares, whether it's wheat or whether it's chaff. Guys, we're coming to the fullness. We're coming to the fullness. We're racing to the fullness of this to the epic coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's the master of the long game. Let me give you one example before I close. Can you imagine being Father God and seeing in A.D. 70 the Jewish people destroyed over one million Jews, women and children, slaughtered on the Temple Mount where some of us have stood in this room. Over one million Jewish people were slaughtered on the land that we stood on, on the Temple Mount. The Romans came in, decimated them. The children of Israel were flung to the four corners of the earth. Almost 2,000 years later, it took that long till May 14, 1948, for Israel to become a nation once again. I tell you, Jesus is the master of the long game. He is patient in everything he said. Everything he said, it's going to unfold exactly how he said it. And here we are now in a window of time, 73 years, soon to be 74 years later. And a generation is what? 70 to 80 years, we know through the Psalms. And Jesus said, when you see the fig tree budding, you will know that that time. See, the fig trees come back to life. And here we are at the fullness of time. Guys, the Lord has been so patient watching over his word to perform it. Now let's dial it down out of the micro or the macro to the micro to you.
Let's just dial it down to us. Us. 2022. It's going to be a huge year. The Lord knows exactly what's going to happen. He's going to walk us through every day. He's going to walk us through every week, every month. He knows what's coming. And we're not to worry. We're to be anchored and steadfast in the secret place. Not just this week, but every day. And he's watching over you and I in the secret place. And he's saying, I'm going to reward my church. I'm going to reward my bride. I'm going to reward a city. Guys, I'm going to close with this thought. Sarasota doesn't know it. This is, this is not, this is surely not pride. And it's not lofty or arrogant. This is about the body of Christ. Sarasota doesn't know it, but they are counting on victory. The church in this region, we desperately, desperately, desperately need a move of God. Desperately need a move of God. There are lost souls that don't, they don't even know. Lost souls, lost families, lost young people. These precious kids in these schools, middle schools, high schools, universities, they don't know it. But God is counting on His ecclesia that Christ is building in this hour. I implore you this week, as we get together every night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, we're going to come together to pray. We're going to get low. We're going to be laying all over the floor. We're not going to be having a lot of worship Tuesday night. We will like we normally do our, our Tuesday nights, but we're going to be laying all over the floor. We're going to be getting low. And we're going to be crying out to the Lord for awakening and outpouring and revival for our city and region, for the, for the United States and for the nations. We are entering into the greatest outpouring. It's happening. We are being thrusted forward for such a time as this. I tell you guys, the Lord holds our future, and it is powerful. It is mighty. It is glorious. So I say to all of you, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is rising on you. For though darkness cover the earth, deep or gross darkness upon the people, the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. Hallelujah. Yeah, worship team, come. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I do this, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. 
I do this to just try to be a good shepherd and steward the presence of God in the atmosphere. I want you to just put your hands out to receive from the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Father, you are first place in our lives. We place you first, Jesus, King Jesus, above all, be enthroned over our lives. Be enthroned over our lives. Be enthroned over victory. We place you first. We pray, Lord, that we would be men and women that are set apart, consecrated, made holy unto the Lord. That, Lord, there would be nothing in our lives that would grieve your spirit. That we would walk in such a way that we walk circumspectively. And we honor you in all that we are, spirit, soul, and body. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your ministry. Your awesome ministry that you're transforming us from the inside out. That you are sanctifying us sanctifying us and making us a bride without spot or blemish for King Jesus. We honor you, Lord. We give ourselves to you tonight. We give ourselves to you. Lord, as we step into this fast, I pray your blessing upon it and that you will honor your sons and daughters in the secret place. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I pray that you will reward this church. Reward them, Lord. Re reward your sons. Reward your daughters. Speak for them. Speak up over them, Lord. May your voice be amplified over them. May your approval, your power be so amplified and magnified over them. The voice of the Lord over you. The voice of the Lord over your home, over your family. Power of the Holy Spirit being released. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for healing in this house tonight. The healing power and the healing virtue of Jesus in the house tonight. We thank you that miracles are alive in you. For in, in you we live and we move and we have our being. We thank you, Lord, even this altar is consecrated unto you, God. For miracles, for transformation, for healing, for salvation for baptisms of the Holy Ghost and fire. I want our prayer team to come. Just prepare yourself. We are ready to pray for you tonight. We are ready to minister to you. And we are so thankful. So thankful for all that God is doing in the midst of us. But there is more. Everybody say it. There is more. Say it again. There is more. Say it again. There is more. That's right. There is more.
tonight, if you're in this room and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is the night to do it. Today is the day of salvation. Today, today is the day of salvation. If you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, He loves you. He loves you and He died for you, gave His life, and His Father raised Him from the dead for you so that you might be born again by putting your faith in Him through grace. Tonight, if you're in this room and you need to give your life to the Lord, you would say, Brian, I want to give my life to the Lord. Or maybe you're that person who once was on fire for God, once walked with God, but something happened. Somewhere along the way, there was a hurt. Something was broken down. Some addiction got in. Some person got whatever. Your heart got cold. But tonight you're saying, Brian, I want to make a fresh commitment to God in this new year. I'm coming home. I want to live for God. I don't want to be a prodigal. Brian, that's me. If that's you tonight, if you've never given your life to the Lord, or you would say, I'm a prodigal, and I want to rededicate my life to Jesus tonight. I want you to slip up your hand and wave at me so I can see you. So that I can see you. we got to know that you're in the house tonight. All right. Excellent. All right. Praise the Lord. Guys, tonight we're going to open up the altars. If you need prayer for anything, anything, if you need a healing in your body, if you need a miracle, if you need direction from the Lord, tonight we want to pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I bless your church. I thank you, God, for this night. I thank you that it is sealed by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that as we enter into the fast, God, we are consecrating ourselves unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Guys, the altars are open. My wife and I love you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.